Hello and welcome back to Feast of Film, a special Valentine's Day episode just for you guys. That's right, it's, as of recording, it is Valentine's Day. This will be coming out a couple days later. It was super unplanned. I was literally sitting at my desk today at work thinking, you know what? You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go home. I'm going to get a pizza. I'm going to get some popcorn. And I am going to go watch a romance movie by myself for Valentine's Day. So here we are back in the studio checking out not just a Valentine's Day movie. We're not we're not watching Valentine's Day, okay? Like that's we did that. That's over. There's no there's no taking that back from the reality that that, that came from sadly. But I have hope. I have hope again in my life. Not because I, I found a relationship. I'm still single technically. But you know what? Ever since Valentine's Day, I I have wondered, you know, is there is there a good Valentine's Day film out there? Ladies and gentlemen, that is what we're on the mission to see today. So by myself, Solo Cole here again with you today, your host in this journey, we are checking out another movie to see if it is Valentine's Day worthy. So to give you a quick recap of how these things work, a couple years ago in 2021, I did Valentine's Day 2010, watched that movie, and I looked at a few different aspects of it. I looked at the story, the acting, the romance, the comedy, just kind of getting a feel for it, did the usual feast of film thing, which if you don't know how that works, because it's been a while since we've been on here, basically I, I start out with kind of a synopsis of the movie. We look at the movie, we ask some questions about it. And then we jump into the movie and what it's actually about, what actually happened, and then how we feel about it. Our tastes and distastes, as we call them, or our loves and our loaths. loaths. I, I don't know if that like word comes through on an audio, like L-O-A-T-H-E. Like what we love, what we loathe about the movie. And then, you know, we talk about favorite moments, favorite parts. And then finally we get to the tip or what are we going to leave here for this feast of film that we had? Like how much money does this waiter does this restaurant deserve as a whole for what i had to pay for was it worth it should i actually tip them well and that's just basically our final score if none of that makes sense well you know what it was something we made up on the fly but <laughs> uh that was what we, that's how we did feast of film so we're gonna be doing that same thing today but i do have some questions that i'm gonna ask myself which is weird right because i'm the only one here like i'm sitting across from nobody hi nobody you're right here, but you're here. The audience, you're listening. I feel you. I feel your ears. You can feel my voice in your earbuds. We are connected right now on this special day for couples. And for a few, if you're single and you are wondering, hey, when does my time come? Listen, it's coming. It's coming. It's right now because you are listening to Feast of Film, the Valentine's Day special 2024. Almost a 23. Forgot how long ago 2020, 2021 was. So, what movie were we watching today? I think I've kept you in suspense long enough. There was a movie I literally caught a glimpse of. Maybe 30 seconds one day when I was at my grandmother's before a football game. It is a movie called Love on the Sidelines. A Hallmark classic. That's right. We're getting into the Hallmark movies. We're getting into it now. But this is not just your average Hallmark movie. It has... It has Football lingo, sidelines, that's a football thing. That's also like a sports thing. So that's not just, that's not just, you know, that's, 
that's that's more than something. <laughs> that's that's not just a regular Hallmark. We're talking sports now. But not only that, this also stars Emily Kinney, who I thought was the Luna from Harry Potter, but was actually I was confusing her with Emily from The Walking not Emily, from Anna. I think that's her name, right? From The Walking Dead. Let me look this up. She's a singer. Beth. I was close. She played Beth in in The Walking Dead. So I was thinking Anna Beth, not just Anna. But you know what? That's fine. That's close, right? That's close. That's fine. Um, so yeah, so this stars Emily Kinney, John Reardon. I, I have no idea who this guy is. Let's let me just click on his name real quick. This guy, John Reardon, of course, from such movies as Tron Legacy. Scary movie four. He was in White Chicks? Bro. Oh, I do know this guy. Do I? Who was Heath? Was he the guy with the long hair that ended up getting I think he was I think he was the guy with Terry Crews at the end of the movie that was like real like <laughs> that movie's messed up. <laughs> that movie's like very, very early two thousands. But I did watch it a lot as a kid, so I, I can't say much. And yeah, so like the killing. I mean, who remembers? Who doesn't remember that? So that that's our two stars. Then we got uh, Haley Sales, Luisa D. Oliveira, Patrick Sabongui, Sabongui, Victor Zink Jr., James Kirk. I mean, who doesn't remember James Kirk from such hit movies as this movie? She's the man, or Final Destination Two, or X Men Two, or X Two as it's called, right? So there's there's a lot of different actors in here. I just knew Emily Kinney and she looked familiar. But this this movie captivated me because I was like, what? what? This is a movie about football? You know, I, I, I never, I have never seen a Hallmark movie completed completely through. I've never seen it. Just on honest, hey, I'm being honest with you guys here, but I feel like it's time. I feel like it's time. So kind of at the height of her fame because I think she was just coming off The Walking Dead or maybe she's, I guess she was probably in The Walking Dead because this was 2015. Laura, uh, Emily Kinney, I almost said Laurel Kinney, Emily Kinney gets into a Hallmark movie that is rated G for everybody. So listen, kids, if you want to watch this movie, technically, according to the, uh, according to the parental guide, you are a shoe-in for this movie. But what is this movie about? So let me read the synopsis real quick from IMDb, and we'll jump into some of the questions. Laurel is a struggling fashion designer who finds herself with a job as a personal assistant for Danny. A quarterback sidelined, oh, there we are, with an injury. Laurel knows nothing about football, and Danny hasn't ever had a female assistant. So it sounds like there's going to be some weird, like, maybe tension between them at the beginning. Laurel obviously not understanding football as well, and just trying to, like, you know, kind of make it in the world. Danny probably upset because of his injury, maybe kind of has that, that football mentality of, like, the man's approach to how you do things, you know, the man's man way of... Being a man who does things, I, I don't know what they do in football. And they played in peewee football. Anyway, so this got a 6.7 on IMDb. Uh, and that's 3.8 thousand reviews. That's a lot, actually, for this. But it is decently popular. And uh, I, I, I think I'm going to I think I'm, I'm gonna be very invested in this movie. So I do want to ask a couple questions that I will obviously answer at the end of this podcast that I'm going to make predictions about now. So first, will I care about the characters in this film? Unlike Valentine's Day, I think I will. I really think I'm going to care about Laurel and what was his name, Danny. 
I think I'm going to like really invest in this relationship. I have faith that this movie will like make me invest in them. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. But how's the acting? Well, I, being a Hallmark movie, I think the acting is going to be at par, like medium level, average. I'm not expecting great, but Emily Kinney was a really good actor in The Walking Dead, so I expect her to kind of put her A game in this as, you know, a true actor would calling you out. Emily, if you don't, like, get on the level of real actors. But she did really good in The Walking Dead, so I feel like she will be good here with this this story. So I, I think acting's going to be... I think Emily will bring it up. I think the rest of everybody else, except for... the. Okay, let me say this. Emily and Danny, I think, will be very good. The rest of them, I think, will be probably subpar. Or, or around average. Secondly, or sorry, third, will I find the story compelling? Again, I think I think I will. Like, if I care about the characters, I think it's going to make me compelled to want the story, to want this romance or lack of thereof. Fourth, will this movie make me want romance or will it make me denounce romance? As a single little Pringle myself, uh, you know, a little emu standing on one leg by himself. What? That, that's a that's a flamingo. I'm sorry, I got them confused. Uh, or is that ostriches? What bird stands? It's a flamingo stands on one leg. Do emus do that? Do do ostriches do that? I don't know. But will this movie make me want romance or denounce it? I think. Listen, ladies, ladies of this podcast who are listening right now, Solo Cole is here to tell you that this movie will make him want to engage more than ever in the romantic realm of romance and romance-icity. Is that a word? That's not a word. So yeah, I think it will make me want romance. I think it's going to be a movie that I really, really will enjoy, even for the cheese factor. And I think that's part of it too. Like, I think the cheese factor romance, because every relationship's cheesy in some regard, right? The things you do, like, when you look back on them, you're like, oh, that was really dumb or that that was not the funniest or the most romantic thing I ever did but you enjoy it because you're with someone you love or or they do something cheesy and you're like hey I love it because it's you so I think it will make me enjoy the romance and want my own romance and finally the question that will be asked from this movie to me would this movie be my valentine as a solo Cole here the question has to be will this movie this movie is asking me, will you be my Valentine? Will I accept? That's what I'm trying to say. And finally, to get our final score, how we do it here at Feast of Film, we kind of do like a law of averages here. So we're going to look at story. We're going to look at acting. We're going to look at romance. And it is a comedy. Does say comedy. So we're going to look at comedy. And then finally, I added a new element that was not in Valentine's Day 2010. We're going to look at, is this Valentine's Day worthy? Is this worthy of being called a movie to watch on Valentine's Day? I don't know. That's how we'll decide this final score. We'll have those five scores, add them up, divide them by five because there's five there. And that'll be our tip, the final score for this movie. I think it's going to be at least a seven. I promise you I will not try to break even and like fudge my scores so they, they equal out there. So I'm excited to get started with this. We're already like over 10 minutes into this podcast. So let's go watch Love on the Sidelines. We'll see you in a little bit.
Welcome back. All right, guys, I literally minutes, moments actually ago just finished watching Love on the Sidelines, and man, I don't want to spoil much, but was this a movie? <laughs> we'll get to that in a second, though. So, uh, yeah, it's your typical, it's your typical Hallmark story. I was actually really right about a couple of things, which I didn't watch the trailer or anything. Laurel, the main character, Emily Kinney's character, Kiney, I actually don't know how you say her name, but yeah, it, it, she, she knows nothing about football. She's literally broke and she needs a job. She needs a job. So the first 10 minutes of this movie are basically exposition to give you a reason why, reason why Danny Holland, the uh, football player who actually is, by the way, he is number nine. So take that into account. And so he being number nine. Being named Danny Holland in 2015. Stay with me here. Stay with me here. Tony Romo. Tony Romo is an Italian name. Danny is, I'm pretty sure, an Italian name. Romo sounds like Rome. Holland is a place somewhere in that area somewhere. I don't know geography. I believe Danny Holland is named after Tony Romo. There's also some cool connections to football like actual NFL teams I did say, I don't know if it was actually meant to be one but there was like a guy who's like back of his jersey said Ingram uh, I learned one of the characters in this movie is actually an ex-football player which I did not learn till like 18 minutes until the movie is over and I was like that guy looks familiar but yeah so so pretty much it's just this this story that starts off with Laurel who is with her friend who's getting married whose husband is a huge huge football fan a fan of the Miners, not the Niners. Wait a second. Niners. Joe Montana played for the Niners. Denny Holland. They would have had to do like a, a big quarterback, right? Anyway, sorry. <laughs> Getting off track. So, yeah. So, the Miners, right? N not the Niners. The Miners. I don't know what town. I don't know what state or city or they're named after. But we do know they're called the Miners. I actually didn't look that up. Maybe I should go. Look. It's not that important. But we, we get to this movie, and it's just this... They're at a bar. They're watching the game. The the the, the best friend of Laurel's husband, his name... I don't remember, because he's barely in the movie. He's watching the game, and Laurel's, like, you know, talking with her best friend about the fact that she has no job. She's in between jobs. She went to art school as a fashion designer. She cannot find a job, which, I mean, that those aren't, like, you know, easy, easy jobs to get into. But by the way, they're at this apparently free buffet, which I don't think bars do. And she literally stacks on her plate like five full. And we're not talking thin. We're talking full pieces of bread. There's almost a whole loaf of bread on her plate. That is how much, like, that's how much she has on her plate. Five freaking huge pieces of bread. And I think it's because, like, she's trying not to starve, but, <laughs> I mean, it's kind of the allusion to that. But I, that's what caught my eye originally when I first saw, like, because I saw this part of the movie 30 seconds in at my grandma's. I saw that, and I was like, me and my brother both, Chandler, looked at it, and I was like, why does she have five freaking huge pieces of bread on her plate? No explanation, and then we changed the channel. 
Well, we get we get a lot of exposition at the beginning here from the best friend's husband. This is dumb not to just like look this up. So Gina is the best friend and her husband's name is Sean. That's right. Now I remember. I do remember those names. They're hanging out together and then all of a sudden you hear, oh no. And and Sean comes over and I love this part. He comes over and he's like, he's like, Danny Holland just got hurt by that big moose, Buddy Johnson. And the way he just goes moose, like this very like Italian moose <laughs> like out of that. It's just, it was so funny. I loved it. So obviously Danny gets hurt and he has this personal assistant who's terrible, who's in the movie for like 10 minutes, who's like always texting, always never paying attention. And he gets booted from the movie. So we're, t we're not even 10 minutes in probably. And already we have the personal assistant is gone. The... Oh, and of course, Laurel's roommate, Gina, is moving out because she's getting married. So she has to find a new roommate. Guess who her new roommate is? Of course, it's this girl named Patty. Patty is a personal assistant and, of course, one of the quote-unquote best in the business at her job. So she, she's moving and she's like, look, I, 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 I'm never here. I don't like, I'm the perfect roommate because I have no pets. I have no life. I have no boyfriend. All I have is this job. That's all I have. But it's a great job because I get to do this. I get to travel. I get to, the money's okay, but the perks are amazing. I get to go to Paris. I get to go over here. And of course, Laurel hears all this and she's like, I want your life. I want to become you. And... You know, she's like, I'd, I'd do anything for that. So Patty, but which by, by the way, she literally walks in the door, says, hey, I have 10 minutes before I have to get back to my job. Can we just skip all the like niceties and get to the point? Like, look, this here's my resume. Here's my tax returns. Here's my social security number, blah, blah, blah. Here you go. Like, he, I, I can't tell you anything about my former employer, like as a reference, because I signed a confidentiality agreement, but I promise I'm good. And Laurel's like, in two minutes, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I think I found my new roommate. This girl could be a serial killer. She could have made all this up. She did not look over those papers. She did not glance through all those papers in the time that we see them on screen together. There is no cut. This is literally a time lapse between when she walks to the door, when they're talking. But she's just like, yeah, sure, why not? Yeah, just come on in. It's all good. Let's just hang out and have a good time. And so it's just this whole thing, which I know it's, it's just to further the plot. I get it. I get it. We're, we're trying to get to the meat of the movie, which is Danny and Laurel. And so we, we get there because Danny needs an assistant. He contacts, guess who? The agency, Amsterdam something, personal agent, personal assistant agency, who Laurel has just applied for. And found out, I'm sorry, they don't have any openings right now except for the chef who like tried to kill her last assistant with a meat cleaver. Maybe it was a potato peeler. But anyway. So she walks out. She's sad. Danny, who has never had a female assistant, is very, very sexist at the beginning of this. Very chauvinistic, as he is called multiple times through, throughout the beginning of the movie. He's like, I, I need a guy assistant. But they don't. they only have one person available. And he, he needs them today, the next day. So his agent's like, just send anybody. So Laurel gets hired on the spot. Because it's even in her interview, it wasn't like fantastic. But, you know, it, it, it kind of, it gets us where we need to go, I guess. 
And so when she shows up the door, which this happens in movies all the time, and I never understand it. She shows up. He opens the door. He's like, who are you? She's like, oh, I'm your, your new personal assistant. And walks right in the door. I don't care who I'm standing in front of. If I have never met them, I'm not just going to be like, oh, I'm your personal assistant. And walking straight in their house. No, I'm going to let them invite me in. Okay, I'm very vampiric in that way. I, I, I need to be welcomed into a house before I feel comfortable walking into a house. But like... In movies, they just walk in all the time. They always just go straight in there. Like, what the heck is that about? But anyway, so so they get there, and he, he's he's obviously against it. He's obviously like, no, you can't. Be, you can't listen. Like, I need a guy. Like, what if I want to walk around here in my underwear? Or what if what if I need someone to spot me like a hundred and fifty pounds? Can you do that? And she's like, well, don't you need some other things? And why are you being such a chauvinistic pig? And he's like, because I have never had a female assistant and I'm a guy and I play football with guys, which means we have jock straps and we, we slap each other's butts and we do guy stuff. You know, he doesn't say all that, but like, that's like the thing. He's like, I can't, I can't have a female assistant. So he's obviously, oh, by the way, he has like a, his injury is pretty bad. It's an inversion sprain, which is hilarious right now. Ironic, really. My boss just sprained his ankle a couple weeks ago at the time of this recording. And so he's been in a cast. So literally watching this guy hobble around on a crutch, I'm like, oh yeah, that's actually pretty realistic. I see that happen all the time right now. And so so basically, you know, we, we start the job. He's going to this modeling gig he has where he's like taking pictures with his girlfriend, Hunter, who's this model. And she's just blowing it. She doesn't know anything about football, which also... Hold on. The one one big criticism for this movie. They need to lay off the football puns. There were within a minute, at least three. There was three puns in one sentence. He's like, oh, looks like you did another fumble. Just like a rookie, uh, like, uh, you know, like intercepting. I don't know what he said. He's like, but he like made a pun. He kept calling a rookie. He, the, literally the word sidelines probably comes up in this movie at least 30 times. Because, you know, love on the sidelines. And he's being sidelined. But I just, I can't, it's so, it's so interesting. Oh, yeah, he's like, looks like time ran out. You need another fumble. And then he's like, rookie. And it's like, bro, please stop. But anyway, they're at this modeling gig. And he's having trouble, obviously, because he has to have a crutch. He can't have the crutch. And the, they can't cut that out of the photos. And she she doesn't even know the right jersey to get him. So her roommate comes and saves her. Patty, her new roommate, the personal assistant, comes to save her. Because she's actually, guess what? How ironic. She is the assistant to guess who? Hunter, his girlfriend, the model. And so somehow, it's like a random moment while they're talking. Hunter's dress gets caught in like an, a fan. Like one of those metal fans that have like the cage around them. Which, how that happened, I have no idea. And they're like, you just hear like the one, the, the guy who's taking the picture like, oh my gosh, please, would somebody do something right now? And it just keeps going on. And well, it's a good thing that Laurel took fashion design in school because guess what? She fixes the dress, makes it perfect, gets some brownie points with everybody except for Danny. And we move on to the next 
portion of the movie. But there, there is this one, this one motto, and I think this is why we hear sidelines come up so much, is apparently growing up, you know, Danny's talking to his dad, who, by the way, here's a spoiler. Here's what I figured out 18 minutes from the ending of the movie. Joe Theismann is Danny Holland's dad in this movie. It took me. I'm a football fan. I love football. Cowboys for life. So maybe that's why I didn't recognize. But literally Hall of Famer Joe Theismann. Like, how did I even... I was looking at all the cast. How did I miss that? I mean, granted, he's at the bottom, even though he's probably seen in this movie more than half these other characters. But... But yes, I, I cannot believe I was like, wait a second. And literally, when I read his name, I screamed it in my living room. Like, that's Joe Theismann? Are you serious? Because I hadn't, I, I literally should have known this. But, but anyway, anyway, we're, we're moving on to, to the next portion of the film. We meet his dog uh, named Newt after, not Newt Gringridge, as Laurel thinks, but Newt Rockney, who's a, who's, a, who's a football player. Oh, that's not how I would spell Newt. I don't know this guy either. Oh, it's because it's he's a Notre Dame coach. Okay, that's why I don't know him. I don't care about Notre Dame. Who cares about college football? Okay, that's what makes sense. So here we get to probably, spoiler, one of my favorite moments in the movie. We have a, a tight end who comes up um, after... After Laurel apparently befriends the dog and, and, and the dog loves her and uh, she like literally after after one walk, the Newt will listen to anything she says and even likes her more than it likes Danny. She meets uh, his, his friend who's a tight end. Laurel doesn't know what a tight end is. She has no idea. She doesn't know any football terms, even though that's pretty much all Danny speaks. And she opens the door to, to this guy named Isaiah something. And she's like, who are you? And he goes, I'm Isaiah, blah, 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 like tight end. She's like, I, I don't know what that is. <laughs> He's like, who are you? And it is just the most funny thing. What she says. All right. So we're, we're obviously she's entering the door here. Super loud. Can I help you? I want to see Danny boy. May I have your name? And do you have an appointment? What? You gotta be kidding me. Who are you? I asked you first. And and that part right there, she's like, when she's like, I asked you first. She, you hear her like, you hear that, but when you see her, she just kind of like stands in the doorway. And then she like moves in front like she's gonna block him. And then she like her eyes squint a little bit. And it is literally one of my favorite things in this movie. So it is so great. I love that I could actually play that scene. Um, but yeah, that was just so funny to me. <laughs> it's just like, just like, who are you? It's like, I asked you first. <laughs> it's just like she's Batman or something, the way she does that. Anyway, yeah, so we get to she meets Isaiah. Isaiah literally picks her up and moves her out of the way. And he's like, That's my teammate. That's Isaiah, blah, 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 like the best tight end in the league. And so, you know, she's she's not making great first impressions. Um, and as this movie goes on, I realized like the music's a little too loud. Um, but you know, I think it's Hallmark movies. We're having this back and forth where she's helping Danny out. She's at home with the personal with her friend, her new roommate, uh, uh, Patty. 
And of course, Patty has the saying, it's like, hey, you know that you know the saying like behind every great man there's an even greater woman? Well, behind every successful person, there's a personal assistant. And and then we get we meet Ron Lucas, who is like the backup quarterback, also the best friend of Danny. And there's like this weird as he meets Laurel, because she's obviously there while Danny's at home and Ron comes to pick him up. We get this tension, this romantic tension between them, which I was super confused by. I'm like, why? Why are we already having this romantic tension? And like, obviously, Ron's like, hey, man, she's kind of cute. Mind if I ask her out? And he's like, no, bro, that's my personal assistant. I don't want you like making a move on my personal assistant. That's weird. So, so as, as we, so like, th- those are some big plot points at the beginning. We get the establishment of why, of like this tension between Laurel and Danny. We also get this weird pull and between Laurel and like, we also get this like weird romantic tension between Laurel and Ron. And then we meet her, Laurel meets the family of Danny, who, by the way, never meet his girlfriends unless it's really serious. Uh, Ava, his sister, and his mom, I think her name's Julie. She's not important to the plot at all. But we also learn that Laurel, his parents divorced after like, you know, six years of marriage, like right after, right when she was a kid, or maybe when she was six years old. She said they only lasted six years. So I'm assuming they. Had her really fast or had her and then got married. But marriage only lasted six years. And one of the things that Laurel says at the beginning of this movie is marriage is sacred. And she's like, marriage is sacred. I love marriage. I love marriage. Marriage is great. And so when when Laurel tells Danny's family that like, hey, my parents, like they've been like they're celebrating their 35th anniversary. They're throwing a big party at the end of this movie. For, for Danny's parents, from I was like, oh my gosh, I hope that didn't like ruin your expectations for marriage and and like discourage you. She's like, no, it made me a hopeless romantic, which I was like, oh, that's really cute. I like that a lot. And you know, like as as we're moving through this movie, I I literally twenty eight minutes in, I stop and I say, because Ava makes a comment. About the fact that she's she can't ever get a good relationship. And I'm like, calling it now. 28 minutes in this movie. Ava and Ron get together. Because we know Hallmark is not going to pull and twist and, and, and change things up on us. And make Ron and Laurel fall together, right? We know that's not happening. And any person in this movie who has an inkling of interest and is a decent enough person in romance will find their mate that is how all hallmark movies are this one no different so yeah so we we uh we get through some crazy scenes hunter has this like date night with danny laurel spruces up the place but then the dog kind of ruins it newt kind of ruins it for hunter she's like i just can't do this tonight okay i can't do this and so she runs out and she's like you know i'm a dog person i like most dogs but not this great dane newt but newt actually just wanted to like see laurel because laurel was hiding in the bedroom because she couldn't leave in time and you know like we also get a little bit more interest or a little bit more insight into laurel's back uh into her past and how like she missed out on having a family because of her parents divorce and it was really sad and she's talking to danny about all this and he's like yeah i just don't get serious about dating anymore she's like well how can you fall in love if you don't get serious and he's like, what a, like who said anything about love? Which just throws Laura off. She's gone. She's gone at this point. 
So Laurel also um, designs a jersey based on based on Danny's jersey, number nine. She makes her own copy of his jersey, but it, I guess some like laces, some like weird female. I, I don't know how to describe them. They look like bungee cords in the front. And it's like a V-neck and it's made for females and everybody loves it. And she's getting compliments on it because she's trying to be more interesting to Danny. She's trying to make it his favorite foods. She gets the personal assistant handbook from Patty who made it for her. And rule number one, rule number one, never get too personal. Guess what happens? They, they get too personal. And like we get some shoulder touches, we get some hand holding accidentally when the phone drops into the couch, which by the way, by the way, this phone, this scene bothered me for one reason, continuity errors, that phone. So he drops his phone, uh, uh, Ron, uh not Ron, uh, um, Danny, Danny drops his phone. Under the couch. Well, he can't pick it up. He has a hurt leg. He has a hurt leg. So he's trying to bend down, get it. Laurel comes over. She's like, let me get it. This phone is not under the couch. You can see the daylight from the perspective under the couch where it shows the camera. You see the daylight. The couch The couch is like where the, you know, the shade is underneath. And then the, the phone is sitting in the floor a little past where the shade ends, where the shadow ends, not shade. A book is sitting right beside it. Well, Laurel goes to help him pick it up. Should automatically see the phone, but she picks up the book first and makes a joke about how, like, jocks don't know literature, basically. And he's like, you're not the only people who read, okay? I went to college. Well, then it goes back to under the couch. The phone is pushed, like, two feet back under the couch. Okay, that's a little exaggerated. It's pushed, like, a foot back under the couch. And it's turned a different direction. And, like, I know they have to make the scene so when they both reach their hands under, they touch hands and have to pull away immediately. But come on. Hallmark. If you can get custom-made jerseys, can you not get the continuity right with this phone? Just let it drop under the couch. It just, it just, that, that bothered me so much. And, of course, we have, we have, like, Laurel in between these scenes reading books about football trying to understand more she's reading a book called like football for kids or helping kids with football and you know she when when Danny sees this book in her car which is like a 65 Mustang which actually according to the Amazon X Ray trivia it says it three times I don't know why it was on there three times it's actually a 68 so like Laurel like learn what you're driving and don't lie just to impress a football player. But, you know, she is reading the book that he wrote for kids about his life, learning football, overcoming challenges. And he sees that and he's like, whoa, you read my book. And then we actually find out that Ava is pretty excited that Ron's coming to the anniversary party. I'm like, called it, called it. We, I knew it. Ava likes Ron. And then we're uh, Gina, who's getting married soon. Because they're a good Christian couple, they are staying out of each other's. They're not moving in together yet. And uh, there, there is this weird moment in the bachelorette party. Actually, I'm gonna see if I can find it too. So like, we're we're at the bachelorette bachelorette party. Oh my gosh, I forgot. Hold on, hold on. Backing up, backing up. 
There, so in the middle of this movie, there's one song, one actual song, and like it starts playing. And I'm like, what? What is this song? I was like, this is a kind of a catchy song. I'll find the song. Can we tell no one what I did? <laughs> you don't have to worry. Discretion is rule number two in the personal assistant handbook. Uh, what, what's rule number one? Never get too personal. So she tells him rule number one. This is where he finds out what rule number one is. And this song starts playing. I'm only human. I need a God to show me what we want when we hey, fall. Newt. And, and so, like, I'm like, man, this is kind of a catchy song. I wonder what this song is. So I, 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 stuff, I, uh, I uh, Shazam it. It's Emily Kinney's music. She won a song she wrote the same time this movie came out called Weapons, which is actually a decent song. I might actually listen to that a little bit more. She wrote it and they put it in this movie. I'm like, I wonder, right? Is this a Valentine's Day moment where they got Taylor so they could put her song in a movie or they got her song put in a movie because Taylor was acting in Valentine's Day, Taylor Swift? Uh, by the way, go Chiefs uh, winning three Pete. Uh, time for a three-peat next year, unless the Cowboys go, then I hope the Cowboys win. But anyway. So yeah, the songs are playing. I'm like, this is a catchy song. And I'm like, Emily, it said she was a songwriter, but dang, I didn't know she was writing songs for Hallmark movies. But uh, yeah, it was a decent song. But then we, we get to this weird part in the movie where um, there's the bachelorette party. Well, it's not a weird part in the movie. It's just a part in the movie where we're start, things are starting to come together near the end. We're, we're over halfway through at this point and they're at the bachelorette party and there's this weird scene. So we have to fade out. So we, we, we start back with the bachelorette party and I'm pretty sure this was not scripted because Laurel, Emily's trying to give a toast to Gina for her bachelorette party and you hear her say like, here we go to like the person on the left of her because I don't think she raises her margarita in time. So they're at the bachelorette party. Okay, ladies, I want to make a toast. Here we go. <laughs> so she like she like looks over at the woman on her left. She's like, "Here we go," and, and like Gina starts laughing. I'm like, I am pretty sure that was not supposed to be in the take. I'm pretty sure they were all supposed to raise their glass because it's so like it's so like low. She's like, "Here we go." Like we started the scene, and so <laughs> just like I'm watching this, I'm like, is that is that supposed to be in there was that not supposed to be in there like what's going on here so like we have this one this moment at, at the bachelorette party where um basically now we know laurel likes danny but we but danny still thinks ron likes laurel so laurel like ron's talking to laurel danny's over there sitting, sitting with gina and like gives some good advice to gina's friend who's like this guy like super standoffish do you think i should call him and she's like yeah call him and then she just looks at Danny's like what do you think and he's like yeah don't call him because then he'll be crazy about you which is honestly not a bad bad advice that's probably pretty true so uh laurel goes to check on danny just to see how he's doing she's like hey thanks for thanks for like what you said to my friend and i'm like how did you even hear that you were literally across the room and this is in a bar that's not like empty but whatever. And so Ron and uh, Ron just leaves. He doesn't even say goodbye to Laurel because Danny's like, we got to go. And then there, there's this one scene where Ava, Danny's sister, gets mad at 
Danny because she's like, I want to give the speech at our wedding. I know you always do. And he's like, well, yeah, I always do. Like, I, she's like, well, you don't always have to be the center of attention. He's like, well, I'm not. I just, I want to give the speech. And then like, he's like, it's not all about me. And then a kid comes and asks for his autograph. And this kid's like, in the most monotone voice possible. He's like, hey, can I have your autograph? <laughs> and and literally like Ava just walks out and Danny's like, here, here you go, kid. And he's like, thank you. <laughs> he just like walks away. And I'm like, what in the world? That, that's one of the things I love about these Hallmark movies is it feels like the acting sometimes, which spoiler into when I get into the, the final thoughts, uh, it is a little rough sometimes, but it's, it's awesome how bad it is sometimes. And so Gene, we're at Gina's wedding. It's amazing. Laurel like is kind of like, hey, I, I do need off for this day. Danny's like, yeah, of course. Well, Danny calls her up in the middle of reception. He's like, this is an emergency. You got to get home. Like something's happened. So she drives home to meet him at his house. And he's like, he's like, am I self-centered? Ava said I was self-centered. And Ava and Laurel, by the way, have been talking. Like they've become friends throughout this movie. And Laurel's like, What? So I do want to play one more clip. Let me play this clip from, because this, like she's about, she's un, she's literally letting him have it. That's the emergency? I thought something happened to you. Well, I needed to tell someone you're the person that I thought of. In the middle of my best friend's wedding? Oh, that was tonight, wasn't it? I, you look great. I told you I had this wedding, but obviously you weren't listening. No, no, I, I was listening. Don't I you forgot. know that weddings are sacred? Rushing here to listen to you whine about something your sister said is not what I would call an emergency. I wouldn't exactly say I was whining. I've been at your beck and call for the last five weeks. The least that you could do is take care of yourself for one lousy night. It's pathetic. You barely know how to program your DVR for your own stupid football games. You wouldn't know what to do day to day without somebody telling you, and I'll bet you don't even know what the inside of a grocery store looks like. Is there anything that you can do for yourself? Yes. So, I had to stop the movie at this point. We are 24 minutes away from the ending. I sat for a good full minute, if not more staring at the ceiling because I am sure you can guess what just happened when that pause happened. He kisses her. He's like, is there anything you can do for yourself? This. And then he just reaches in and kisses her. And I pause it because I'm like, this movie isn't long enough to actually flesh out what needs to happen. I was like, please tell me she wa she pushes him away and is like, you know, hey, like, I was trying to talk to you. You can't just kiss me. No. She kisses him back. And she, like, everything's fine. Which, it, it, it's not, like, a terrible thing. Like, I don't hate it. But it's so unrealistic. It's so unbelievable. Right? Which, honestly, this has actually happened to me. I was, like, actually talking to someone about something pretty important, and then she kissed me, and then I was just like, did you just kiss me to shut me up? And she said yes. So I guess this has... I guess it is believable. But anyway, the point is, though, they're not together. He's still with Hunter at this point. And I'm like, really? I feel like she needs to walk away at this point, and that, like, that's the big tension. That's where it's like, I can't do this. Like, you won't even... Like, you are so self-centered... You just kissed me when I was trying to like argue with you about the fact that you took me away from a very important event. And they make up after that. He like realizes that kind of thing. There's a few things there. 
Well, then the next day comes. They're like, we need to talk about the kiss because it literally just fades to black. It fades to black after this. And I'm like, okay, what am I waiting on? Like, what happens after? Does she just go home? She's like, well, I'm going to go back to the reception. I'll see you tomorrow when I'm back at work. Like, what is happening here? What happens after that kiss? So they walk in. I guess we need to talk about the kiss. They can't. Hunter shows up. Hunter, like, she's been in Rome or Paris or somewhere. And, like, jumps and is trying to kiss all over Danny. And Danny's like, whoa, bro, I'm not having it. Like, can't we, like we, we just need to do this later. Like, I just need to, like, we can just talk about this later. And, and because, you know, obviously he likes Laurel now. And Laurel's like, I can never compete with Hunter. And so she just kind of, like, leaves it. Well, at this point... Ron comes up to Danny at like a card game is like, Hey, I need to tell you, like, I'm actually seeing somebody. He's like, I know you don't even need to talk about it. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing the misconception thing. You're kidding me. You are kidding me. No, we cannot do the, I thought you liked her. That's why I, I wouldn't go after you. Well, I thought you were still with him. So like, I like, like this whole, this whole misconception where Danny thinks that Ron is with, with Laurel. Laurel thinks that Danny still likes Hunter. Like this, I hate these storylines. These are what is worst about these romantic comedies because they're not believable. Do you know why? Because Ron in this movie is clarified. It is pronounced. It is proclaimed from the rooftops. He is the best friend of Danny. He says it two or three times. That's my best friend. Well, I, I can't have my personal assistant date my best friend. If he's your best friend, why are you not talking to him about the fact that you and him like the same girl? If you think you like the same girl, well, I, I, like this is a huge misconception. Like maybe, maybe just other guys don't do this. If my best friend is dating or I think is dating somebody that I really, really like, it's going to come up. It's going to come up in a conversation as awkward as it is. We're not going to go four weeks without talking about it at all. I'm not just going to shut him down at every point And hopefully... Her name would actually come up to a point where it's like, yeah, like I'm seeing so-and-so or like, how is so-and-so? Do you still like, like, there's no way this is so unbelievable. So I just, I absolute that. I absolutely hate that. And we go literally one scene where, where Danny's on a cane rant over, by the way, we're on one scene where Danny's on a cane next scene. He's like cleared the play. And I'm like, bro, one play on the field. You are literally getting hurt. Because you are not even walking properly. Because like, yeah, the doctor cleared me. It's like, no, man, you're going to get hurt again. But th- then it's kind of like, we have this like, it's just, it's this messy back and forth with, they're planning the, the party. Danny fires Laurel because he's like, I don't, I can't have like be, you know, have you be my personal assistant? I told you it'd only be till my injury's done. And I, I need a guy. You know, going back to his chauvinistic kind of stuff that was at the beginning of the movie, but he's using it as like a, a farce so he can like kick her out. And it's not until they're at the party and Ava goes up to Danny and dances with him, by the way. I'm like, do, do brothers and sisters do do brothers and sisters do slow dances? I don't know. But anyway, dances with him that he, she he finds out like 
She's like, oh, you should do the speech. And he does the speech, and it's great. It's a good speech. And like, I'm like, oh, my gosh, it's Joe Theismann. Joe Theismann's like happy that he did the speech. And, but then in the middle of that slow dance, Ron comes up to like, he's like, hey, can I cut in? I haven't got to dance with Ava all night. And he kisses Ava. And then he's like, whoa, bro, what are you doing? You're kissing another girl when you like Laurel? He's like, I've been dating Ava this whole time. Which I called 28 minutes into this movie, by the way. As soon as I met Ava, I was like, this is going to be Ron and Ava. And like, he's like, I've been trying to tell you for a few weeks. And again, again, going back to the rant. How can you go weeks at a time with your best friend who is also your teammate, who you are cleared to play with at this point? You should be having communication. He's also a backup quarterback. So, you know, you guys are in the same rooms together. How are you not at all bringing up Laurel or Ava? It's just like, bro, Hallmark, listen, there's a better way. Find it. And then, then like, you know, his mom's like, sometimes the right person isn't right in front of you. You just don't notice. And he's like, what are you trying to say, mom? She's like, listen, I didn't like your dad when I first met him, but at least I didn't have to work for him. And he's like, he, so he, he runs after uh, Laurel, they get together, and that's that's pretty much the end of that. Like, Patty actually quit working for Hunter, and that's how Laurel finds out that Danny broke up with Hunter like a few days before. And she's like, you know, like, she's like, yeah, I quit working for her, and I saved this dog who, like, she had just gotten. She got, like, a little Pomeranian, like a purse Pomeranian. She's like, I liberated both of us from that evil wench. And so, so you know, then Danny finds Laurel in the same bar where we started the movie, because they're, you know, getting drinks together because Laurel just, they're celebrating because Laurel, using those designed jerseys, got a marketing deal with the Miners or somebody. I'm assuming the Miners because that's the only football team we actually really see. But that is love on the sidelines. And they kiss, by the way. They kiss. That's, that's, that's the end of the movie and it plays the music. All right, so now we're going to jump into my 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 loves and my loads of this movie. I may have not made it sound like it. I love this movie. First Hallmark movie I've ever seen. I love it. I want. I will probably watch this movie again when I next girl I date. If you're listening, which you're probably not. Like I, we need to watch Love on the Sidelines. Hour and a half, not even hour. Hour and twenty six minutes. It's like that's like Mario Bros. movie time. Like, perfect, great movie, great movie in many, many ways. I loved, I loved the characters. So let, let's go back to the questions I had. That's kind of how I'll answer my loves and lows. Um, so yeah, I, I, did I care about the characters in this film? I cared a lot about Laurel and Danny. There was no like really unlikable character except for Hunter. Like Laurel was pretty cool. I thought she had a very funny slash relatable personality. Danny, very chauvinistic at first, but you he lightens up within the first like 10 minutes that you you get really or get to know him and Laurel. So I, I and, and Patty's there sometimes. Like most of the other characters aren't there a lot. Ron's there sometimes. Joe Theismann's there. Sorry Joe, I didn't even realize you were in this movie. Apparently you're in a lot of movies. 
But yeah, I did, I did care about the characters in this film. I actually began to really care about them a lot. I wanted to see them succeed. I wanted to see good things happen to them. So yeah, like I, I did. I did really care about the characters in the movie. I don't think there's much more to say about all that. I really enjoyed Laurel's character. Um, I really enjoyed Emily Kinney in this movie. Uh, Danny Holland, John, well, I don't remember his name. It doesn't matter. Danny, Danny's the guy who played Danny. He was great. I just, yeah, like they, they made, they enforced this idea of like, there's only like six characters in this movie that you really need to know. And only three of them really, really matter. But like, Hey, like they're pretty important and their lives matter and you want them to be successful. So I did care about them. How was the acting? Um, that's where it's kind of hard because Emily did not have her greatest performance. But as the movie went on, I began to wonder, wait, is this just a bad performance on her part? Or is she actually playing someone who isn't, who would act like this? And I think Emily had decent acting as the movie went on. Most of the other actors were pretty good, except for like uh, some of the extras, like the little boy, like he was, you know, not great at all. But, you know, he had like two lines in this movie. And it's a Hallmark movie. So the acting was okay-ish. I Still believable. Still very believable. Like a lot of the, a lot of Laurel scenes, a lot of Emily Kinney's scenes, I thought were very, very good on the, on the sense of like, yeah, I could see that happening. Yeah. I could see that being a thing, but, uh, you know, Danny, obviously with the injury, that's hard to like hard to fake injuries. I feel like, like when, you know, they, they like put like something on his foot, he's like, Oh, and it's like, okay. Like it's hard to fake being hurt and make it seem realistic, especially again, a Hallmark movie. So We'll talk more about the acting when I do my tip, but um, moving on to question three, will I find the story compelling? Guys, I found this story really compelling. <laughs> I found this story very, very compelling. I love this story. I, lo I loved it all the way through. Like, very generic. Anybody who has any kind of football knowledge or none at all, like Laurel, can understand this movie, can enjoy it. Very, very generic. It was fun, but... It, it did catch me off guard a little bit because with especially with Ron and Laurel kind of thing at the beginning, I was like, wait, what, what, why are we getting this tension between this like romantic sense between Laurel and Ron? That doesn't make any sense at all. They, they're not supposed to be together. But it, it began working out. And again, I was rooting for Danny and Laurel at the end of it. I hated the misconception thing, and that will be one of the things I loathe about this movie is the whole misconception. That's the biggest thing. Like, the one loathe I have, like, I don't think I have anything else I absolutely hate about it. That and the music was really, really loud. Like, I don't know how loud the clips will be. I'm hoping they're not too loud. I'll have to cut them down probably if they are. But that music in this movie, like, it would just start, like, blaring above the voices. And I'm like, okay, I get it. We're in a, we're in a like nice moment, a romantic moment, or we're in like a very kind of building tension moment, but you don't have to like start blaring music out of nowhere, but I hate the misconception. I've already went over that so much. I hate, 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 hate the misconception cliche. I don't know. I'm sure there's a better name for it, but I hate that so much because it's so unrealistic. It's so stupid. Again. There was a, a small period where I, I wondered, like, if my best friend one time was dating my ex, which, by the way, was completely, this was years ago, was completely unrealistic because they barely even knew each other. 
but I didn't like harbor that in my head for forever, like for weeks thinking, oh my gosh, they're together and they're just laughing at me. I was like, no, that's stupid. I would talk to him about that. He would have said something by now. But yeah, that, that part I hate, but I hate load that. That made this movie less compelling, but still it didn't take away. It was a very short term. That was like third act end of the movie. We've got to have some tension here. That's why she gets fired. That's why she goes after the fashion thing. Like that's what pushes her over the edge. That's what pushes him over the edge. That's what allows him to have the big aha moment. So I get it. Hallmark, please find another way to do it. There's another way to do it. There's a better way to do it. Um, yeah, I, I literally, again, the whole thing where like if when they're kissing, this is how I want, this is how I would want it. When they're kissing, if instead of kissing him back, she pushes him away and she's like, you really don't get it. You like, you made this moment about you again by kissing me. And I do like you, but you're kissing me instead of honestly understanding the fact that you took me away from a very important event. And if she would have just left there and left him to sit in that and then like, and then maybe like then like he breaks up with Hunter and that's like, there's like 30 minutes in the movie at that point maybe. So it's like he breaks up with Hunter. We don't see that on screen. That's fine. He goes to talk to Ron like, or he thinks that maybe he still thinks Ron is dating Laurel because that makes more sense, right? Like, oh, she left me and was actually going to go with my best friend and um, you know, like, so he's like, I, I, I know what I want now. Like, I want Laura. I want to be with her. And so he lets his sister do the speech instead of him doing it. So he's tried to like not be as self-centered and self-focused. And that leads to him chasing her. And she ends up quitting being his personal assistant. Cause she's like, you just don't get it. And it's too hard. And like that leads you to do the fashion thing anyway. But then at the end, like there's this thing that builds them together. Like he's the one who helped her get the fashion well, I don't, maybe that wouldn't be the best thing. But there, there, there's a different way to do it there in that realm that feels better to me. Maybe not to the Hallmark people, Hallmark watchers. If you're listening, please tell me if you think that would be better or if there's a better way than, than just a misconception whole thing. But yeah. Um, so the fourth question, will this movie make me want to romance or make me want to denounce romance? Ladies, if you're listening, I am all about that romance right now. I want, I want some love on the sidelines. I can't even say it. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, this movie did not turn me off. This movie like was very heartfelt, very sweet, even though it was kind of full of air. It's a very air hit movie. There's no substance to it. Mostly. It was very, very cute. It's a very good movie to watch with like as a couple, just to snuggle up together to quality time. I think we'll be watching this movie and kind of laughing at it a little bit, but also being like, oh, certain moments. I almost cried at the end. But then he made a football pun, or she made a football pun because they kissed. And she's like, "Was that a hell mary?" And he's like, "You do know football." And I, I like all the tears dried up. I can no longer cry ever again. It's very sad, um, but I can't cry about it now because of that pun. <laughs> but um, I'm sure Joshua would love that pun. But so yeah, uh, I, I this movie makes me want to romance more. It makes me want romance more than ever. Um, not that I'm necessarily looking at the moment. I've got some things on the back burner. But uh, hey, if 10 years down the road, a certain lady's listening to this. And she's like, man, I wonder where he's at. And she looks me up. Colton, Feast of Film. Maybe, maybe we could just, you know, sit down, watch this movie together. 
have a little our own love on the sidelines in a very G-rated Hallmark movie way. All right, so the last question, will this movie be my Valentine? It certainly, I would be honored for love on the sidelines to be my Valentine with the last couple hours we have in the night. I would love that. So love on the sidelines, will you be my Valentine? Emily Kinney, will you be my Valentine? Cause like you, you're pretty cute in this movie. You were, you did pretty well. You, I really liked your character and you're the, seriously the whole, like I asked you first killed me loved it all right so that that those are the five questions um again i think i, I kind of talked about the things i love about this movie i love i love emily kinney i love the whole like um i just love the story i think it's cute i think it's i think all those things kind of said it for me you know like that uh those are the things i love i love the characters i love i did really enjoy these characters there wasn't really bad characters but uh, let's move on to kind of the final the final questions, the tip for this movie. We have finished the Valentine's meal. Comes over the waitress. It's Emily Kinney. Hello. Uh, I, how are you? I asked you first. I'm sorry. So we uh, we get to the tip and the waitress hands us the check and we got the bill. And now it's time to figure out what are we going to leave this place? What does this deserve? Well, I'm going to give story as cheesy as it was. I'm giving it a sim... I am going to give it a 6.5. No, 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 no. I'm giving it a 7. Because I really did enjoy this movie. The, the, the story's dumb. Actually, I... No, I'm going to give it a 7. I would give it higher, but that misconception thing really threw me off. I hate that so much. Acting is getting a 6. We're going to jump through these because I've kind of talked about them a lot. Like, acting, it was good and bad. It was on a, it was a wave. It was a wave. Comedy... Listen, I'm giving comedy like an eight. I laughed a lot at this movie. It was so funny to me at times. Like some of the stuff they said, like that that big moose, Buddy Johnson, or uh, I asked you first, which I've already overdone. I'm sorry. But I, I thought those were great, great things for this movie. I thought those were great moments for this movie. Romance for this movie. Listen, Given romance an 8.5. I think this movie did great. I think this movie did great with the romance elements, with, with keeping you together, with making you want to snuggle a little bit closer to your spouse, making you kind of want to like pull them in a little bit more, making you appreciate them more. I think it did great with the romance element, just on that factor that very, even the cheesy factor, the cheese factor of it, how, how cringy it kind of was, was just so sweet. And I was like, I, I got to watch more Hallmark movies. This is good. This is better than Valentine's Day. And obviously, I think we can say, is it Valentine's Day worthy? How much is it? I give it a nine on the Valentine's Day scale because it has the right moments of Hallmark cheesiness, Valentine's Day goodness, even though there's no Valentine's Day in it. It doesn't like it's sprinkled out through a few weeks and obviously in the season. So it would be like September on probably, but it does really, really good with its with its moments of talking about love and romance and, and Hollywood romance, not real romance, but some of the good cheesy stuff we all love. So let's go ahead and we'll just add this up. Oh, not bad. It's not as high as I thought, but it was actually pretty close to my score. Um, so with a seven, a six, an 8.5, an eight, and a nine, let me just make sure I add this up right. So it, I am going to give love on the sidelines a 
7. Round it up to an 8. Or maybe a 7.5. I would round it, I'd rather round it up to an 8, but I think 7.7 .7 is perfect for this movie for me. Because it had the right amount of cheese, and I, I, it, it, it but it, it was just such a good movie. Like, maybe I'm just really in a really romantic kind of mood right now, because it is Valentine's Day, and, you know, like, I'm pretty content in my singleness right now, but, you know, I, there, hopefully there's something on the horizon for me somewhere. I, I don't know where yet, like, I'm still figuring that out, but, but it, it, it gave me hope, right? Like, okay, if this personal assistant who didn't have a, by the way, starts this movie without a job, looking for a roommate, ends this movie, started to date a literal quarterback for an, I'm guessing, some kind of NFL team. Maybe a CFL. Maybe the XUSFL or UXFL, whatever they're calling it now. I think I can make it somewhere. I may not be Emily Kinney material, but I can be Gina material. You know? Gina married to a meathead named Sean. I can figure that out. That could be me. One day. Alright guys, thanks for listening to Feast of Film. It was so fun to bring this back um, as kind of a one-off thing. I have, I'm really considering bringing it back. I do have another podcast out now called Out of the Church Attic where I do this with special guests from this podcast, Randy Ramsey. Me and him do podcasts together. We actually talk about church subjects in the South where we live. That is a very Christian faith-based podcast, unlike this one, which is more just, you know, let's talk about movies and some Christian elements in it sometimes. But, hey, we might come back with here. I have another friend, Austin, who is also on that podcast. Me and him are talking about doing some stuff together. But um, I would love to go through a couple of franchises together. Uh, if you're interested in that, please let me know. Uh, hit me up at Feast of Film on Facebook. Uh, we have a Twitter. I never really check it. Uh, but I think I also have, a, like, I think I have a, an Instagram I've not checked in a while. You can also find me at Colton Burst on Facebook. You can look me up there. That's that's my name. It's not hard to find me. So, yeah, if you guys want to let me know, you can also hit me at feastoffilm at gmail.com. But there's plenty of ways to reach me. And listen, thank you so much for joining me for this feast. It was a great Valentine's Day feast. I know it'll be a couple days after, but hey, who's listening to stuff on Valentine's Day anyway? You should be getting busy serving your wife and your husbands and your significant others, loving those around you. Okay, thank you guys for listening. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. And we'll see you later when we, take an, when we feast on another set of film. Until then, goodbye.